0: Chapter 68, The Bargain. For a moment, they just stared at each other, across the silver stretch of Lagoon. Slank and Peter, the man, and the boy. It was Slank who broke the silence. Do you see this, boy? He said, holding up his knife, twisting it so the blade glinted in the moonlight. I see it, answered Peter with a shout. Good. Now you understand this. If you don't do exactly as I say, this knife will be covered with the blood of your friends here. Starting with the young lady. Grabbing a handful of Molly's hair, Slank jerked her up to her feet she cried out in pain molly shouted pain what <laughs> i'm sorry molly shouted peter are you all right don't listen to him peter don't let him out slank silenced her with another yank on her hair you understand the situation boy slank shouted i do answered peter good then we can do business peter no shouted molly slank jerked his her head again and again she cried in pain you keep quiet slank hissed at her or i'll cut your throat just for satisfaction he called out to Peter. "I'm curious, boy. How did you get the trunk? I took it while you were talking about killing them." Said Peter, "Clever boy, but how did you get it out on there on the rocks so quickly?" My friends helped me, gesturing at the mermaids. "I see, so the devil fish are on your side now?" "They are," said Peter. And strangely enough, it was true. Peter still didn't quite understand it. All I know was that head throbbing in pain he'd awakened in the water in the embrace of a mermaid he'd saved and somehow the mermaid was talking to him, except that her mouth wasn't moving and her words were only sort of words because they were also pictures and feelings. Peter found that somehow he understood the mermaids. She called herself teacher, effortlessly, and somehow she understood him and the importance of protecting the trunk. She called it creator from the bad men. When they heard the struggle on the beach and saw the trunk unguarded, a plan of action formed instantly in both of their minds at once, as if they were thinking with one brain slank shouted if them devilfish will do as you say i think we can work ourselves a mutual bargain boy i'll trade you the life of this girl the lives of all your friends here for that trunk molly started to shout something but slank clapped her hand over her mouth his hand over her mouth the lagoon was silent except for the low hiss of the gentle surf and the rumble of the distant waterfall all right said peter no shouted molly yanking her mouth free shut up said slank covering her mouth again to Peter, he said, "I knew you was a bright boy, a reasonable boy. So you understand that I have to add a condition to the bargain. What condition?" asked Peter. "I need safe passage in that dory, back out to the ship. You need to tell them devilfish to leave me alone." Peter looked down and exchanged look with teacher. He was in the water just in front of the rock where he stood. Then he looked back at Slank. "They'll leave you alone," said Peter. "I appreciate your assurance on that," said Slank. "I'm sure you're an honest boy, but just the same, I need me a little protection." "'What do you mean?' said Peter. "'I mean, the girl goes with me. "'Your other friends can stay, but she goes with me on the dory, with the trunk. "'Once I get to the ship, I'll leave her in the dory, and your fish friends can swim her back.' "'Peter, don't do it!' it was Alf yelling now. "'Once he's got the trunk on the ship, he won't have no reason to let her go.' "'That's right,' Peter shouted James. "'Don't do it!' "'Shut them two up!' barked Slank. "'Little Richard shoved the two protesters back to the sand with his huge right boat.' "'Slank shouted to Peter. "'What do you say, boy?' "'Do we have ourselves a bargain?' "'How do I know you'll let her go?' said Peter. "'Because I'm giving you my word. "'And if you don't agree to my bargain, "'I give you my word I'll start cutting throats here "'and you'll see that my word is good. "'What do you say?' "'Now the silence was total. "'Even the sounds of the surf and the water "'went momentarily quiet "'as the lagoon itself waited, awaited Peter's answer. "'All right then,' said Peter. "'I accept your bargain.' "'Molly tried to shout something, "'but Slank anticipated her reaction, he "'kept his hand clamped hard on her mouth. "'There's a good boy,' he said.' "'You just saved your friend's lives. "'Now, here's what you do. "'You have two of those devilfish swim that trunk to shore "'and shove it ashore right by the dory there. "'Just two, no more. "'Then I want them to swim back with their heads high "'where I can see them. "'I want to see all them creatures' heads "'when they, we row out of here. "'And I want you to stay on that rock till we're gone. "'You understand all that, boy?' "'Yes,' said Peter. "'That's good, because I'll have my knife "'to this young lady's neck, "'and there's no human nor fish can move fast enough "'to keep me from cutting her. "'You understand, boy? "'I understand.' "'Good,' said Slank. "'Now send them devilfish over with the trunk.' "'Peter crouched on the rock, exchanging a look with Teacher, "'who turned to the other mermaids "'and emitted a long and complex series of guttural sounds. Two of the mermaids, both auburn-haired, swam to the rock. "'Peter slid the trunk into the water "'where it bobbed cork-like on the surface. "'The auburn-haired mermaids got behind it "'and began propelling it swiftly toward the the beach dory. "'That's a fine lad,' said Slank, "'watching the trunks approach. "'A fine lad indeed.' peter did not answer he stood statue still on the rock his eyes trained on molly she too seemed to be looking at him but even given the bright moonlight was too far away for him to see her face clearly it's probably just as well because the look in her eyes as the trunk came closer and closer to shore was one of cold fury but slang saw the girl's look and understood it it gave him great pleasure the boy likes you very much he whispered harshly to molly keeping his hand firmly clamped over her mouth he's not very savvy is he then he laughed as molly struggled useless to reply chapter 69 reprieve paddle you dogs shouted stash paddle and kick were making headway the exhausted pirates groaned but complied for they could not see that stash was or for they could see that stash was right the capsized longboat with agonizing slowness slowness was curving toward the far leftmost of the two points of land that framed the lagoon as veteran seamen they all understood the urgency of the situation if they could not push the longboat over to the point in time, the current would sweep them past it and out to sea. So paddle and kick they did, as Stash's urging. So desperate was the situation that even Stash, tucking his sword into his belt, paddled and kicked. It was unheard of. The great pirate himself reduced to this. They were nearly even with the end of the point now. It loomed in the moonlight, fifty yards away. Too far. None of them could swim that distance. Most of them, typically for pirates, could not swim at all. Captain to me, we ain't gonna make it. Paddle and kick roared Stash in response. But he, too, saw that it was hopeless. They were clearly past the point now. He considered his options. If he could right the capsized longboat and bail it, he might have a chance to survive. But there were ten men clinging to the overturned hole. Too many to get the boat uh, floating again. He'd have to get rid of some. You men on the side, let go. The pirates closest to Stash-there were five of them-stared back at him, too stunned to answer. I said let go, shouted Stash, awkwardly drawing his sword. "'But Captain,' protested the man, "'if we let go,' roared Stash, "'making his point by clubbing the man's hand "'on the hilt of his sword.' "'The pirate screamed in pain and released the boat, "'sliding back into the water. "'Now you,' shouted Stash, "'starting to bring the sword down on the next man, "'this time blade first. "'The second pirate leaped backward, following quick, or "'followed quickly by the other three. "'Ignoring the men he just sentenced to drown, "'Stash turned to the remaining pirates "'who watched him fearfully. "'Now we're going to turn this boat over.' "'You men move to... "'Captain,' interrupted me. Shme- "'What is it? "'The men you knocked off? "'What about them? "'They ain't sinking, Captain.' "'Um, Stash whirled around and saw it was true. "'Behind him, five heads and five sets of shoulders, "'poked up from the surface of the lagoon, steady as rocks. "'The discarded crewmen were standing, chest deep. "'A sandbar extended off the point of the land. "'The pirates could walk to shore. "'Chapter 70. Almost There.' Slank carefully watched the two auburn haired mermaids swim backward or back toward the rock where Peter stood. When they was or were nearly there, he addressed little Richard. Turn the dory over and put the trunk in it. What about them? gesturing toward Alf and the boys who were face down on the sand. They won't ha- be no trouble, unless they want this little li- lady to get her neck shortened. He kept a firm grip on Molly as little Richard waded out to the dory. The big man turned it over easily, and Slank was gratified to see "'that other than the half-moon-shaped piece bitten from the transform, transom or by the mermaid, "'the little boat appeared undamaged. "'It would certainly get them to the ship. "'If necessary, he could use the star stuff, but that would prove dicey. "'Trying to fly the boat and the trunk and little Richard and the girl, "'especially the girl. "'She concerned him most of all. "'A star-catcher by blood. "'She might be real trouble once near the star stuff. "'Secretly, Slank had no intention, none at all, of letting Molly go.' The boy was a fool to believe otherwise. Instead, Slank could see himself returning to Rundun as a hero. He'd be bringing him not only the largest harvest of star stuff in human memory, but also a member of the legendary Starcatcher family, the daughter of the great King er, Leonard Astor. King Zarboff would be very pleased. The king loved pretty girls. He was sure to reward Slank heavily. Little Richard loaded the trunk into the stern of the upright dory. All said, sir, he said. Slank dragged Molly through the water and lifted her into the dory of the boat. I'm sorry, the bow of the dory. He crouched next to her, knife still poised. Little Richard pushed off, then climbed into the middle seat and took up the oars. Slank kept his attention fixed on the rocks where Peter stood surrounded by mermaids. None of them appeared to have moved. Remember our bargain, boy, he shouted. I remember, replied Peter. Fool, thought Slank. The oars dipped, pulled, rose, dipped, pulled, rose. Little Richard's powerful strokes, aided by the seaward current pulled them rapidly away from the beach, toward the wide mouth of the lagoon. Slank kept his eyes on the rock, but still saw no sign of movement. As it finally slipped from sight in the distance, Peter and the mermaids were still positioned exactly where they had been. Slank switched his attention to the water, watching for the dreaded bees. He saw nothing, heard nothing, except for the swirling eddies caused by Little Richard's steady strokes. In ten minutes' time, they reached the mouth of the lagoon. They began to round the rocky point. "'Slank now fixed his attention to the mass of the Jolly Roger "'and considered what he would do with the ship's crew. "'They'd likely be unhappy, having been tied up all these hours. "'Some he, w- er, he would have to throw overboard. "'Some he would keep to sail the ship, "'using Little Richard and the power of star stuff would give him to control them. "'Out of the lagoon and into the open sea, Slank checked the water's surface again. "'Still no signs of mermaids. "'He began for the first time in many hours to relax.' He released his grip on molly's mouth she spat as if disgusted by the taste of his hand there now young lady i'm not so bad once you get used to me which you will on our voyage to run molly glared at him but said nothing he's a fool your trusting little friend back there turned- taunted slank he's a good person he did what he thought was right you wouldn't understand that as they approached the jolly roger which sparkled in the moonlight Slank could see the or inert forms of the hog-tied pirates slumped over the booms, just as he and Little Richard had left them. Almost there, he said to Molly. Welcome to your new home.